My name is Susie. I have three children, the youngest of whom struggles with anxiety, depression, and suicidal ideation. I never thought this could happen to me, and I miss the signs. Being a parent is really hard, but I'm here to help. I'm talking to other parents and experts to help you with the struggles that your kids may face. I want you to know that you are not alone and there is hope. I'm not a physician, therapist, or counselor. I'm just a mom. I want to see you smile again, take away that pain in them clouds I keep covering up the sun. Thank you for listening to the first season of the Just a Mom podcast. I'm so thankful for and humbled by all of you for listening, rating, commenting, and communicating with me that the Just a Mom podcast has meant something to you. A special thank you to all of the Just a Mom podcast guests for being willing to share your personal stories or expertise. You have made a difference in listeners' lives. This episode is the last one in the first season of the Just a Mom podcast. I'm deep into working on season two, which will launch on Tuesday, January 10th, 2023. This will give you the opportunity to catch up on episodes you may have missed and to share the Just a Mom podcast with family and friends. For those of you looking for resources, I have some on the Just a Mom podcast website. You can find that at www.thejustamompodcast.com. In recording season one, it became clear to me that so many parents didn't know who to call or where to go for help. Because of this, I am incorporating more episodes featuring mental health resources in season two. If you are interested in being a potential guest on the Just a Mom podcast, there's a form you can fill out on the website. You can also follow the Just a Mom podcast Facebook or Instagram page. Again, thank you for listening to the first season of the Just a Mom podcast. Please remember that you are not alone and there is hope. On this episode of Just a Mom, I have a familiar guest. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> and I really appreciate, um, Shanna, your ability and willingness to dive into this on a personal level. Yep. Uh, so for listeners, uh, our last episode was with Shanna Burgess, the mental health professional with Johnson County Mental Health Center. And Shanna was so kind as to when I asked her if she would be willing to be a guest on the podcast, she went so far as to tell me that she could speak from both lenses. Mm -hmm. And I think that you will be able to provide a really unique vantage point to our parents because yeah. you have worn that professional hat yeah. and then you have also had a child who has struggled yeah. so shanna thank you yeah absolutely <laughs> again for yeah. for being on the just a mom podcast yeah. this time with your mom hat yeah we'll see how different my uh <laughs> conversation story uh dialogue is of, of mom hat and Personal and professional, those bleed over a little bit. So here we go. Absolutely. And I'm really interested to, to yeah. hear how that all fits together for you. So if yeah. you would, just in starting, tell yeah. us a little bit about your family. Yeah. All right. Um, so family, uh, I am married for 16 years. Um, and my husband is a police officer. And also works within a school system as the school resource officer. So lots of experience with uh, kiddos and, and law enforcement. Um, I, like I mentioned in the previous podcast, I work for Johnson County Mental Health and have for, for 13 years. 
we have two wonderful kiddos, um, 11-year-old and an 8-year-old, um, older boy, younger girl. They love each other. They hate each other. It depends on the day. It depends so they're on normal the most- siblings. <laughs> They are normal siblings of whatever that word um, Mm -hmm. means. So, yeah, we, um, you know, regular old family Mm -hmm. doing our thing. And, um, yeah, you know, sometimes what it looks like from the outside and what it looks like um, on the inside are are, uh, maybe two different vantage points. (laughs) absolutely and I think we and that's something that I want to help break down with this podcast is that you know what we as a society have been programmed to think we've got to put this perfect facade out there and I don't think social media helps that in any way shape or form so that's very interesting that you would bring that up uh, Uh right on the get-go tell me how your journey into being a parent with a child struggling with mental health issues how do you how did that all start for you guys yeah so um first kiddo like what do you expect what um what is normal what is not what is developmentally appropriate what's happening just because or happening that's that's alarming so you know i i was that mom that was tracking things um, and and talking to the pediatrician and being like, hey, you know, um, I've noticed this or this seems different and was getting very appropriate answers. But I probably pushed a, a little bit more because I wanted and needed that next step. So um, very happy with the pediatrician of saying, well, at any time I can give you a referral and you can go on. But, you know, it's something we could still monitor for however long and nothing to be concerned about. Um, and and I took the referral and I went on to uh, see a neurologist at, at Children's Mercy and explored actually the the first diagnosis we got was uh, Tourette's mm. and so that was something hey you know as a little kid who's um, doing things repetitively or needing things to touch or having certain noises that happen or pulling on my hand or skipping and you know these are normal or they're hey this is a little different of kind of figuring that out um so we got connected uh early on um to that route of professional and it felt really good right mm. <laughs> like sometimes when you get that um connected to the the right professional that's going to look at you and the thing that I had been tracking for two years and Googling and, you know, primary care was like, oh, yeah, maybe um, or maybe not. This person was like, yep. And this is the pathway. And you have an answer. How does that feel? It feels I mean, that doesn't mean that it's easy, but it feels good and it feels connected. And, you know, we we've talked about and we're very aware of of how long it takes of that pathway of, okay, I'm a mom and I'm tracking this and I notice this. Okay. Then I talk to my pediatrician in between, you know, visits that are six months apart or a year Mm -hmm. apart or whatever. And then I get connected to another specialist and it takes however long to get into, to that person. And so 
this is me feeling really on top of it. Mm -hmm. And how long did it take um, for for that connection? And so um, I feel very thankful that that we got connected to uh, a specialist for kind of one area of of what was going on and what we needed to to work on. and that opened the doors to having someone to to talk to, having someone to triage with, having someone to help steer us in different directions as things popped up. You know, Tourette's is something that usually comes along with other diagnoses and other struggles as, as well. And some of those are addressed um, with with different professionals and, and different services. So we were um, along for the ride really early on with, with First Kiddo and kind of figuring it all out. How old was he when you first noticed symptoms and what were those symptoms? Yeah, Uh, really, really young. Um, So two and three years old. And this is kind of bubbling up to to that Tourette's, but maybe could trickle over to the OCD or even anxiety as well of how those all just just overlay. Um, You know, uh, this is before school age, but uh, taking off shoes in the car and chucking them at the back of my head while I'm driving, you know, (laughs) dangerous. So kiddos. Yeah. You know, um, that kind of stuff. But you also think about, well, how did that impact with sensory of it's too loud. Um, I'm driving home from school. A lot of it was, it felt like the let, and when I say school, daycare, you know, the letdown of being in a place where lots of stimulation or lots of different people. And then that safety, which it took me a long time to figure out, you know, they say, oh, well, the people they feel most comfortable with, you know, kiddos, they're going to maybe unleash some of that a little more. Um, So I'm the safe person. And so I'm also the person that maybe um, experiences more of those uh, dynamic moments um, of, of life. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that was a, that's a vivid um, memory of mine. I, I tell my kiddo, I was like, one of the first things I noticed, and this is kind of going back to the uh, Tourette's of when, when I was brushing his teeth, he would clamp down on the toothbrush mm-hmm. all the time. And I'd tell him to stop, you know, mm-hmm. so sure. there's moments as a parent where you're frustrated by like, stop. Like, why can't you stop? I need to brush your teeth. Why aren't you stopping? Mm -hmm. And yeah, he didn't stop. Or Mm. um, so that's a story where it wasn't a um, wasn't a bad behavior. You know, it was something that he was doing. I didn't understand why he was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, I was trying to communicate with him what I wanted him to do. And that wasn't working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he couldn't stop. That was something that he was doing. So um, that was super early, you know, mm-hmm. early on. But one of my uh, another vivid memory of something that I noticed um, and that I was trying to figure out. And as a parent, you're like, well, I told this kid to stop. Why isn't he stopping? Right. Is that just <laughs> being an that? obstinately yeah, right. defiant child or is yeah. there something more than that? Well, that's where all the tracking goes. Mm-hmm. And that's where, again, the pediatrician story of, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, all these things happen. Um, but then all these things, when you add them up and you're seeing the complete picture, 
okay, that goes to the next step mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like because of your background as a mental mm-hmm. health professional that you are more in tune to some of these things that mm. maybe were some yeah. signs, some red flags at an early age? Um, yes. And I think that could go either way because also sometimes I'm like, oh, therapy. Like, I know how to talk to my kids. Mm, okay. <laughs> What's going to be different there mm, than what we what could do I at home? Do. I see that. <laughs> I'm going to be okay. a little honest here. That's later in life. But um, I could see it going either way, you know, as someone, you know, and it doesn't even have to be mental health professional. It could be someone that works in the school or a daycare mm-hmm. of oh, I see this all the time, sure. this is normal, or I can handle this, mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever that is. So it could be that I have more of an eye for it, and I can pick up on it. It could also be that I'm like, yeah, kids are like this, or yeah, I can handle this, mm-hmm. or <laughs> I don't need point. this or that, because mm-hmm. I have the experience. I, I know what I I'm doing. Do, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's just flush that one down the toilet. I know what I'm doing. Nope. Said every mother ever, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) We're going to pretend. We're going to fake it till we make it. That's for sure. (laughs) So he's then how old when he gets the diagnosis of Tourette's? Four or five? Yeah, that was probably around four or five. Um, And then the diagnoses just kind of layered on as he he got older and um, figuring things out. Um, And, you know, I would say one of the next the next hardest things is the medication conversation, Mm. right? So there's so many different choices. um, And different people have different lenses with medication Mm -hmm. um so how they feel about it um does it work um the side effects um Mm -hmm. adjusting over time as kids grow especially when kids start medication when they're little even just weight gain alone of changing um you know how much Mm -hmm. or frequency or is the medication causing this or (laughs) switching things around so you know it's all a, a journey. And, you know, I talk positively about being connected to the right uh, professional. And I think that the medication is a journey that that we've struggled with as well to kind of figure out how to how to both manage that of making choices, how to manage that in real time of getting filling prescriptions and taking the medication and packing the medication. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Don't forget um, the medication. All, all of all of that. So, mm. you know, that's another transparency piece of of managing life, um, managing things, um, being there. Another thing um, as a uh, husband and wife and spouses of, you know, whether it's negotiating who goes to appointments or who helps make decisions as far as uh, care, what what happens when we don't agree on that pathway? Uh, you know, and, and you, yes, you're actually getting to some of the <laughs> questions jumping. that I'm going to ask. No, but you're, you're exactly right. Yeah. Because any of us who have experienced some kind of turmoil, trauma, yeah. diagnoses, whatever, with a child knows that it also affects our marriage. Yeah. yeah. And I do want to talk about that. But before we yeah. talk about that, 
I would really like for you to to tell the listeners Mm -hmm. who may not know what Tourette's is, if you could tell people a little bit about that. Yeah, that's uh, this is a good quiz for me. Um, So I think of Tourette's as sounds, motions, movements that are uncontrollable. Um, I also will say that it's very suggestible. Um, and if someone tells someone not to do it, it likely amps it up, right? Wow, <laughs> yes. Uh, so you think about that in relationship to uh, schooling mm. and what happens in school. Um, we made the decision as a, a family and um you know, my, my kiddo was very open to sharing with his class. So he did a presentation in first grade and second grade um, to his class about what is Tourette's and what does this mean for me? Um, That is something that I, I always reinforce with him. I'm like, you know, you have been very blessed and very lucky of the more open and transparent you are with people, the more they understand you. Um, I'll never forget. I think it was the second grade presentation. You know, we, we did it together and, you know, just talking about everyone's different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone's different. This is him. This is what you might expect. This is what it looks like today. It's going to look different tomorrow. So this noise is going to translate to this noise. This movement um, is going to translate to this movement. I had kids coming up to me after that presentation being like, oh, I pee the bed. My like telling mm. me all of these things, you know, whether for mm-hmm. them themselves or their families, you know, mm-hmm. what, what was different about them. So again, wow. that openness, that's transparency, that disclosure, not only helped them understand my son a little better, but also gave them permission mm. to open up and say, well, this is me. Hey, mm-hmm. and <laughs> this, this is what makes me different. Or... Yes, yes. Wow, I hadn't even thought about yes. that. It's amazing. And then they yeah. were probably in turn really supportive of him. Yeah, I'll, the I'll, younger years. Yeah, I'll go with a story of, um, I believe it was second grade as well, but something happened in the classroom between my kiddo and another girl that he um, he had to be restrained in, in the classroom and um, happened with another uh, little girl. And I, this will I don't know if this will be my cry moment, but this is this was my cry moment always. Um the parent of the little girl reached out to, I was like, I'm going to have to call this parent, right? Like that's, that's a whole nother segment of how um, you say how it uh, impacts relationships between spouses, but relationships between um, other parents and friends and all of that. Um, Mom reached out to me by text and basically asked me how I was doing after that day where something that her little girl did not deserve should not have happened to her. Um, And she reached out to me and her little girl, um, when they picked her up that day, they were she was like, 
explaining to them like kind of what he had shared as part of his of like and again I don't want to excuse away things that are hurtful or harmful to other people but she had the heart of understanding and saying oh that's just him like Mm -hmm. that um like if someone else had done that I'm not gonna tolerate it um and Again, I'm not giving I'm not saying that she should tolerate it, but she had a heart for the compassion Mm -hmm. of what he was experiencing and how that maybe she could respond differently. Mm. And then I had a mom reach out to me where I was just bawling. Like we were going through our own emotional turmoil. Oh my gosh, what happened to him? How do we handle this? What are all the other parents thinking? How are we going to call this little girl's mom and explain what's going on? She reached out and her daughter had coached her up on (laughs) what to expect. I mean, I... I am so sad that I didn't save that text because mm. that is something that any parent, again, we're, we're never going to understand until we're in the situation of, of recognizing from the other person's point of view. Mm. She didn't need to reach out to me. She didn't need to ask me how I was doing. Um, no matter what, she had a crappy day. Her mm. daughter had a crappy day. And so did we. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So did we. And then I and I asked her if she would be okay with going out to coffee and for me just to share a little bit more um, and, you know, talk about things. And it was a really great conversation. And um, again, not excusing away any behavior and saying this is where we're coming from. This is what we struggle with. Um, this is what makes it difficult. She shared a little more about some of her family history and. And we connect. That's at second grade. Wow. And what what amazing grace at, and oh, that's what I was like. Your family's doing things right. right. <laughs> I told her I was like, wow. I, I want to <laughs> know is this some woman. Role modeling behavior there of mm-hmm. of that, and you know, I even this this last year. Again, having words, being open to sharing about it, having people that you feel comfortable and I think reinforcing that that disclosure usually benefits you. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I'm not saying it always will. You can get burned with that, Mm -hmm. but it usually benefits you. Mm -hmm. Um, This year, there was an after school like where you pay for them to stay at the school and do stuff and picked him up and you know you get the dreaded oh I need to tell you something I mean there's certain mm-hmm. people that are going to relate to mm-hmm. when the phone rings and the school's on there you're like oh no mm-hmm. oh my gosh am I yep. mentally prepared to pick this up and mm-hmm. what has happened so again mm. the dreaded pick the kiddo up hey there's something I gotta tell you I'm like oh I mean, I hate to say it, but unfortunately, those are not good stories, Mm, right? I would love for it to be like, I have something to tell you. Here's this positive story. (laughs) And usually it's the opposite when we're getting those calls. Yeah. So, um it's she was like it's it's okay it's not a big you know then they always have to calm you down right it's it's gonna be okay um but she's like um he kissed a girl on the cheek and then um he told her he was like oh i'm so sorry that was my anxiety (laughs) (laughs) 
does that work? Like, and, and did you laugh at the time? I, I, just I, just stunned. I was like, okay, use your words, explain to me. So I'm nervous. I'm uncomfortable. I don't know what to do. I have an idea planted in my head where I don't know the like ideas and actions and all of this. <laughs> Okay, so the story that this girl is going to go tell her parents, hopefully, you know, tell your parents if a, a sixth grader kisses you on the cheek in an after school yeah. activity. And then he said, I'm sorry, this is my anxiety. <laughs> so how did you handle that one? Um, there is a constant conversation in our house about boundaries. Mm. Um constant that goes with the Tourette's that goes with the OCD that because there's a lot of touching and a lot of physical things so um if I step on my sister's foot on the back of her heel on her flip-flop I have to step on the other one well your sister doesn't want you to do that well I have the need or the urge whether it's even it out whether it's Tourette well how do we have her needs still Mm -hmm. being met how do we understand and fulfill some of your needs and getting them met? It's a constant. So the boundaries and um, everyone has things that they need to verbalize or vocalize of, of what they need. So just Mm -hmm. because I need this, um, I can't control other people. You know, a lot Mm -hmm. of it for him is spatial stuff of, you know, well, he's standing too close to me or he touched me on this side and then he has to touch me on that. Mm-hmm. But as things people don't understand, sure. I, I had a call once from the teacher of they were sitting down in a circle for reading time. And I think she was bending down talking to them. And she said she thought that he knocked her over. And, I, you know, there's some things I'm like, yeah, he did that. This one, I was like, I don't know if we have the real story here. Well, I think she brushed up to him on one side and then he had to nudge on the other. Mm. And like stories like that, you're mm-hmm. getting phone calls of sure. he knocked the teacher over during story time. And mm. and what's what's the root? What's the why? Mm-hmm. And that's where that transparency and disclosure of, OK, rather than thinking that he, I guess it's the intent behind it. Mm. Right. So if we can think about um, what's behind the intent, um, maybe we can be a little more understanding. Mm. That's that's <laughs> great advice for all of us, right. I would say. Going back to the diagnosis of yeah. Tourette's, yeah. does that diagnosis automatically mean that there will be anxiety OCD I not knowing much yeah. about Tourette's at all myself Usually. okay co-occurring so they, there's okay. so many co-occurrings and it doesn't look exactly the same but you would expect okay. um um probably many different um a, a different a recipe of co-occurrings okay. with each individual and one size doesn't fit all right sure. I'm speaking from from my experience and then some of the things that that I've read up on, but you know, people might be listening and saying, Oh, my kiddo has Tourette's and I don't know of anything. But like what I said is sometimes we can't differentiate what's Tourette's or what's OCD and it all bleeds together. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the like diagnoses can feel good because you're like, Oh, 
it all makes yeah. sense. Or, oh, here's my medication path. Or, oh, here's my treatment path. Also, diagnoses can be irrelevant. You're like, okay, we just need to to support what we need to support, try to adjust what we need to adjust. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter. I don't have to tag it to one or the mm-hmm. other. Um, I just need to figure out what's the next uh, step. So I think there's good and bad mm-hmm. um, with connecting to that um, diagnosis. But yeah, definitely there's a lot of overlap and co-occurring. So what people see, you know, the iceberg, you know, you have this sure. visual of what's on the top. You might see that he's making noises. What's underneath that? I, I don't. I mean, what's going on in his brain and his body um, is is really hard. So thinking about Tourette's of uncontrollable of we blink. We don't even think about blinking, right? We blink. Mm-hmm. It's a natural thing. We're not trying to make anyone mad. We're not trying to sure. do this or that. We, we blink. If someone tells you not to blink... <laughs> What do you want to do? You right, blink a bunch. Right, you want to blink a bunch. Um, if you're trying to concentrate and you're blinking and you don't even know it's bothering someone, and then they're in your yapping in your ear, stop blinking. Like, <laughs> then, like, how do you? So, thinking about learning, thinking about mm-hmm. relationships, thinking about what all is going through his head. Um, what is he having to constantly mm-hmm. think about in order to control his mind and body? I, I, I can't even I can't even step mm-hmm. into his shoes for that. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes that's easy to remember, and sometimes it's not. Right sure. in the moment, you're like, okay, I I need that to stop immediately, mm-hmm. or um, I have a hard time understanding where you're coming from, and it's just upsetting. Mm. Let's push into that a little more. Yeah. As parents and as a married couple, and you kind of talked about this a little bit a a bit ago about how do we co-parent this child? How do we maintain a a relationship with Mm -hmm. ourselves when you have a child with some pretty significant needs? Right. Would you address that with me? Yeah. Um, It's hard. It's it's hard in the moment. It's half hard after the moment. It's hard before the moment. Um, so what are, I guess, some of the struggles of how to handle in real time? So how do we handle when he's having a crisis, which spills over to family crisis? How do you parent? Do you parent with a heavy hand? Do you parent with, you know, a, like how and there's not a right or wrong answer. It's people with different styles and then figuring out. I think the, you know, the thing that I've appreciated the most is being comfortable to tap the other person out, right? Hey, (laughs) you know, not doing anything disparaging in the Mm -hmm. moment or trying your best. I think I need to take this one now, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's getting to a point I'm going to tap you out and I'm going to step in, whether it's not working with kiddo or whether I'm not agreeing with what's, you know, the direction that we're heading of, hey, I'm going to step in now and I need you to to step away. And, you know, having permission to step away, because sometimes you're entrenched in that Mm -hmm. and you're there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's an agreement you two have. 
um, or and understood. Yeah, because it happens. Time. It happens. Mm. And that's the reality mm-hmm. of it gets to the point where you have to say, I need you to take a break and mm-hmm. I'm going to step in here. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes that's a little more strongly intentional of you need to step mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's a great like permission thing of, yeah, I need I need to separate myself mm-hmm. from this and um, provide some clarity of stepping back and, you know, OK. That's not where I needed to be. <laughs> and that's such a good strategy for parents who are dealing with whatever mm. it is that they're dealing with with a child. Of, yeah. You know, if you're the one who's the primary yes. whatever, I know for myself personally, I could yeah. get just too overwhelmed, too entrenched. Yeah. And for my husband to come in and say, hey, you know what? I think it's mm-hmm. time for me to step in and you step out. Yeah. Can be a huge relief for everyone involved. Yeah. yeah. And can help us keep from you know saying things that we wish we hadn't uh, said and uh, that goes back to i try to i mean rooting in that physical and emotional safety mm-hmm. in the moment where that's what everybody needs i need that as a mm-hmm. parent um i don't feel safe you mm-hmm. know physically or emotionally when we're at the elevation of uh, emotions or crisis or need or or whatever that is and I really, you know, we um, we were connected to services at the mental health center. So we had mm. a therapist for him. We had case management, which is incredible, um, you know, service and offering. And those, I mean, I can talk till I'm blue in the face of how how helpful those services were. Also, as a parent. What I could change probably impacted his behavior more than what mm. he could change. Um, Give us an example of that. Yeah. Um, par- it's the parenting in real time. So he's elevated, which elevates me, which elevates him, which elevates me, mm. which elevate and and it's horrible for both of us. Mm-hmm. It's horrible for both of us. So how do I, instead of stepping in, you know, we think of, oh, I'm going to step in as a parent. I'm going to fix this. Take care of this. <laughs> I'm going to take, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you what you need. I'm mm-hmm. going to really do all these parenting things that mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be doing and that are supposed to help. Um, you're, no. Um, mm-hmm. Where's a place that you can be, that you can yell that you can rage that you can do whatever I'm going to step away until first off I feel safe physically that I'm not you know you're not going to throw something at me or Mm -hmm. kick me or bite me or pull my hair out or whatever that is Um, and you know that's sitting outside of the door um, or inside of the door you know whatever that is and waiting for that to go down. Um, storytelling of not great <laughs> parenting of before I learned that lesson. Again, very vivid moment. We were driving through um, Walgreens picking up prescriptions. It was me alone with both kiddos. Um, youngest was young enough to be in like the full mm-hmm. seat strap car seat where like totally she couldn't unbuckle Mm -hmm. it wasn't like a booster or anything like that 
Um, I think there's a lot of yelling going on between me and oldest in the car. So car, you have physical space, you have the noise of the yelling. Um, what do people do? Fight, flight, freeze, you know? Mm. So I'm either going to fight, I'm going to run, or I'm going to freeze. Well, I will, I contributed to the elevation to the fact of flight. So we're sitting um, in that, actually I was up to the window. I don't know if Mm. I had talked to someone or not, but my car stayed there. Kiddo, um, maybe, let's see, how old? Seven or eight, goes running. Opens the car door and runs. So I have other little kiddo Mm. strapped in a car seat, sitting in the um, Walgreens, like, pick up the medication Mm -hmm. line, and he goes running. Um, So it's like, you know, you think about a dog. The faster you run towards them, the faster they're going to run away. Like, how do I keep him safe? Um, How do I run and get to him enough where... Can I even get to him? Right? Mm-hmm. And what or, about the other kid? I left her. Yeah, I mean, what I you, left her. The impossible choice. I am sure I pulled. The, I think I pulled the keys. I mean, someone could have taken her, mm-hmm. but I think I was thinking I don't want someone driving off with her. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I wasn't thinking. I ran after him. You didn't have time to think. <laughs> She's mm-hmm. there. I again. I don't think she cried. I don't think she knew what was going on. I was thinking, gosh, at least I'm here where there's a worker that Mm -hmm. surely knows Mm -hmm. that there's a child left in the car Mm -hmm. with no driver or whatever running. And uh, yeah, I was yelling at people. I'm like, that's my son. Call 911 because I wanted them to know that he wasn't in danger. This who's Mm -hmm. this woman chasing after this Mm -hmm. kid. Right. And I wanted them to know that I need help. Yes. That is my son. Call 911. Chasing after him. I mean, the Mm. emotional and the physical of pure panic and what's going to happen next Mm. um you know and again it's kind of like that motion of you get close enough and then he's like football player of Mm -hmm. shifting and ready to dart the next direction i didn't know what i was gonna Mm -hmm. do i can't tell you exactly we got back in the car so of course i'm like sweating and emotionally whatever i don't feel safe i thought we were safe enough started driving again and then um, as we were driving, opened the door. Oh, my gosh. Freaked out. Like, what? Oh, my gosh. I'm driving. Again, I have two kids in the car. Right. I'm by myself. He's opened the door. Is he going to jump? We're on a busy street. Like, what's going to happen? Pulled over in a neighborhood. And I think at that time, the cops were kind of looking for us. Because luckily, that person did call. Okay. I should, you know, like, again, you look back and you're like, okay, well, I could have parked my car and just... I thought we were back in that place. Right. I wanted to get home. Home was the safe spot mm-hmm. for me. I didn't want to be out with two kids sure. by myself. Um, so then pulled over in a neighborhood because I'm like, he's jumping out of the car. Right. <laughs> um, cops. I think I called the police, too, but they were already looking for us um, and, you know, had to run after and tackle him to get him. And it was it was flight. He was running. I mean, mm-hmm. he was so amped up. What was my contribution to that? I was yelling at him in a car. Mm-hmm. I wasn't letting it go. I was parenting. Right? 
but also don't be too hard on yourself because I'm guessing that anyone listening to this is thinking that's exactly what I would have done. Right. right. I was telling him what I thought and I'm what I needed. Right. I'm going to teach this parenting lesson. Um, so, you know, mm. I'll go back. You, you talk about, um, you know, professional experience. Mm -hmm. I have a husband who's a police officer mm -hmm. and we've called the police to help out mm -hmm. our family. That was in Overland Park where my or husband is an officer. I wondered so. about that. I was going to ask. <laughs> yeah. so. Was so, it him who no, came he, out? No, <laughs> he didn't. He was working that night, mm. but it, it was not. Um, and I work at Johnson County Mental Health Center mm -hmm. and we get services at mm -hmm. Johnson County mm -hmm. Mental mm -hmm. Health Center. So I'm just going to put that out there mm. of... You know, whether it's you and you're like, oh, well, I work for the mental health center. How could I or I work for the police department. I can handle my kids. We call the police mm -hmm. when we need help mm -hmm. and we get help. Mm -hmm. We get services at the mental health center. Mm. And I work there. Um, so that's when we learned that you can lock the door door mm -hmm. the child lock feature yeah, yeah. i didn't know about I that know, no yeah. one ever taught me that mm. and then you do that for however long but you know what when that happens you have to walk out and open the door for your kiddo and you do that for long enough then you decide okay i let my guard down mm -hmm. i'm done sure. then you take it off and then it happens you got, again yeah. wow <laughs> That's a heck of a story, and I'm guessing that you have probably a lot of stories yeah. like that. Yeah. Is that the hardest one that comes to mind because it's the one that you shared kind yeah. of just immediately? Yeah. Um, I'm I think that that one, that was probably one of the early on where I just felt powerless. Mm -hmm. Right? So there were things that I noticed. There were things that we did. That one... I had no control. I was, I mean, I was leaving one child mm -hmm. and chasing the mm -hmm. other mm -hmm. um, in a busy area, mm -hmm. and I did not know what to do. An impossible situation. An impossible situation. And all uh, the while, too, and this probably didn't occur to you at the time, but there's people everywhere, right? Thinking, <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, you're right. And the whole world is watching me. And right. a really significant piece of this could be then how do you deal with that because yeah. all the parents that I've talked to and many whom I've talked to who haven't done interviews and myself included one of our big impediments to being vocal about this mm -hmm. mental health journey was well I you know I didn't want to be judged yeah well you were right out there Oh, yeah, running for everybody rice. to look at you and think, what yeah. is wrong with that woman? 151st in Antioch, you right? know? <laughs> that is not a, There's quiet a lot going intersection. on over there. And so, how yeah. did you get to the point where you just thought, I really don't care what yeah. people think. All I care about is taking care of my child. Yeah. I mean, that was that one was not a choice. Right. Um, and at the mo I think I think it's harder the people that are closest. So that strangers. Right. Mm -hmm. Call night. I mean, it maybe not strangers. People mm -hmm. are like, I saw, I saw I Shannon her. running around. <laughs> like, oh, why did she leave? Her, she left her kid in the car. <laughs> like, 
who ditched this child? Mm-hmm. I could have got, you know, I mean, that's the fear, too. Sure. Of, oh, well, what consequences come mm. with that? Uh, the car was parked and, you and know, I all left that. A child. But you think about the panic of people. Mm. What if I didn't put it in park? I was in oh. park because I was sitting there waiting for the prescription. What if I didn't put right. it? I, there's so mm. many what ifs. There's so many what ifs. What if he had run it because I was mm-hmm. chasing him? Mm-hmm. What if he had run in front of a car? Mm-hmm. All of the what ifs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, it's managing probably more even just the school relationships. You know, I, mm. I want him to have friends. I want, you know, so mm-hmm. how much do you tell or how much is that going to scare people mm-hmm. away? Mm-hmm. And so I want those relationships um to to work well for him mm-hmm. also i'll go back to my being transparent you know mm-hmm. the people that i do share with that are are close in the school circles or or whatever i'm hopeful that we've been through a, you know we've been through a lot um at a young age and and what i always say is i've had conversations by the time he was in second grade that I can't even imagine. Like I never had those type of conversations with my parents. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, I look at that in a positive way too, um, or Mm -hmm. kind of snarky way of, Oh, it's going to catch up to everyone else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just going to happen in high school. (laughs) Very likely. Yes. (laughs) Speaking from experience. So. I'm like, well, I've already navigated these mm-hmm. conversations, mm-hmm. so at least I'm not naive to, mm-hmm. you know, it's not going to slap me in the face. It's just slowly mm-hmm. <laughs> continued on. Age, right. right. Um, but I think also of being there for other parents. Mm-hmm. I mean, other parents know I work for the mental health center and kind of like how I introduced to you. Well, I have a professional affiliation and I have a personal affiliation. Yes. So I can talk to you from <laughs> a, here's some resources. I can talk to you from, Oh my gosh, you know, this is what we experienced mm-hmm. or this is what we found helpful. Or, this is what's terrifying, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever that is. So I also hope that I can be a resource and parents can, can lean on mm-hmm. me and feel open because we've been open enough with, okay, there's a little bit going on here. Sure, sure. <laughs> Our lives look different than, mm-hmm. than yours. Um, I don't know, like telling the different birthday parties, mm-hmm. you know, you have some parents that drop kids off at a birthday party mm-hmm. and be like, have a great time. I am the one that has to stay, mm-hmm. has to keep eyes mm-hmm. on, has to, worry about how I'm going to explain a behavior away or worry about what's my exit strategy Mm -hmm. when this happens. Mm -hmm. I always envied the parents. I'm like, man, Mm. they are carefoot and fancy free. They drop off that kid. They're like, woohoo, I got Mm -hmm. a couple hours. Mm -hmm. Even if I did drop off and leave, I would be worried about what's going on. And that's Mm -hmm. where different kiddos are. So having grace for the people in your life Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, are living life like that. Or mm-hmm. you think, oh man, this parent is really like overboard or hovery or, mm. you know, what are they, what are they doing here? Why can't they just drop their kid off? Well, because they can't just drop their mm-hmm. kid off. There's, there's <laughs> probably more than meets the eye. Yeah. Um, so realizing that everyone, again, kind of giving benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. positive intent of, mm-hmm. all right, they're going to stay and mm-hmm. they're going to lay eyes on and 
parents will have conversations with me and I feel like my attention is split because yeah, I would have a great conversation with another mom and I gotta keep an eye. Yeah. I gotta Mm -hmm. keep an eye. So that's where from someone else's perspective, it might be what's going on here. Why is she flaking out? Why can't she just have a conversation with me where I'm like, I gotta be able to run when I need Mm -hmm. to run Mm -hmm. or interfere, you know, play interference Mm -hmm. when I need to. And you don't really let your guard down. <laughs> I, I can't imagine what for you has been the hardest part of uh, this parenting journey. Hmm. Wow. I, um, probably anytime you would ask me that, maybe I'd answer a little differently. Mm-hmm. Um, I think right now the biggest thing on my mind is is navigating um, siblings, so sister, of how do I understand and accommodate and provide the best life and opportunities for each different kiddo with their different needs. So, you know, when we first got into services, it's sometimes parents or families, you know, they're so focused on kiddo that has, that is higher need. Mm -hmm. Um, and that the attention, um, is focused or whether that's negative attention or positive attention, right? So it's always focused on and, okay, you're the good kid or whatever. I can, you can just hang out in your room while Mm -hmm. your father and I are, focused on this. And so really a case manager was like, you know, you need to really be aware of how that's impacting sister of, of how do you spend special time? Mm -hmm. How do you um, really hone in on her when, yeah, all your attention feels like Mm -hmm. it's driven um, and focused on higher needs Mm -hmm. kiddo And so that's where, and balancing enough where she has a level of grace and understanding for him of, yeah, he's different than you, or he Mm -hmm. has different needs, he has different things, but also where she doesn't feel like people can walk all over her or that she can't set her own boundaries or have her own expectations. So right now that's i'm hoping mm-hmm. for the health and wellness and happiness of both kiddos mm-hmm. and sometimes when you're pulled towards one um you know you can take away from other one and i think that's really hard right now mm-hmm. to to figure out mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i would agree with you that is what i mean yeah. Yeah, that was one of our big challenges too. Um how do you or what advice would you give um to the married couple? Mm-hmm. How do you mm-hmm. stay together strong as a unit? Cuz this is challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys both work demanding jobs yeah. too, and so how how do you stay together and on the same page as a couple and how do you find time to devote to each other. Yeah. Yeah. How does anyone find well, time? <laughs> right. Exactly. But in your unique situation. Right. Um, I have, you know, some people, you know, they have the mindset of it's selfish for me to have time for myself, you know, mm. of, of whatever that is of, 
I'm going to go do this after work or I'm going to go out with friends or I'm going to go work out or I'm going to go take a walk of just really realizing for both individuals, what does that person need and not be upset about it. So um, I think, you know, if, if my husband's the only one getting his needs met in that way of those kind of extracurriculars of how he's pouring into himself Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not doing that, um, then I can get really like, well, Mm -hmm. you need to be here. Like, why aren't you, you have time for this? I don't have time. But once I start prioritizing my own time for that, which is hard, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, well, you're not here, so I can't not be here too or whatever. Um, But it's like, I'm going to go and I'm going to get home when I'm home. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is my time. That's what I need Mm -hmm. right now. So I think I kind of had to get over being upset about him taking care of his own needs Mm -hmm. And then finding time to prioritize mine. And that doesn't have to look the same as his, right? Sure. You might want to exercise. I might want to, I don't know what. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Go have a drink with a friend. Yes, whatever that is. Like, it can look very, Mm -hmm. very different. Um, And sometimes, I mean, that's, sometimes I get home from work. I'm like, I need to go upstairs for 30 minutes. Like I can't come straight into the chaos of Mm -hmm. what home is. And it's easier as the kids have gotten older. Right. I mean, sometimes I'm like, all right, make your own dinner. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, this is the night where we all need our space. Um, so I, I think finding, the time for yourselves, but then also carving out that time um, that you you can be together. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's not a time in the day for right. all of this, right? Mm. We have every, you know, two parent household. We have grandparents in town. We have um, the luxury of being able to get babysitters sometimes. And it's still like it feels like there's not enough time in the day, but. Mm-hmm. But figuring out what works um, for me, I the six thirty to seven thirty time frame in the morning. There is usually my husband's already left for work. Um, the kiddos aren't up yet. I sit by myself playing phone games, drinking coffee mm-hmm. for an hour, petting the dog. And that's mm-hmm. a great way to start my day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's time that I need. And then being able to say you know, oh, I'm going to go out with a friend. Oh, I'm going to go take a yoga class. Hey, I'm going to go walk around Target or go shopping and come home when I want to come home and not worry about, you know, this deadline or, or anything like that. So, and figure it out how to, how to spend that time Mm. together and the conversations, right? Like how do you have conversations about your own relationship, but then how do you have conversations about the parenting the kiddos and your beliefs and your values and your next steps so when you spend time together if it's all on the dynamics of parenting the kiddos Mm -hmm. it counts for something right but it's not that kind of more couple time right as well yes not the deeper level of intimacy that you need so yeah as a husband and wife what advice would you give to parents who might be facing either 
looking at a young child saying, I see some of these mm-hmm. red flags. Mm-hmm. I see something different. Yeah. Um, that I and I'm I don't know what it is because I'm not a mental health professional, but I know in my gut that yes. something's not right. Yeah. What would you tell those parents? I go back to uh, go to the the places of the professionals that you are connected to, pediatrician, faith community, um, school. And then if you're comfortable, open up to your friends, mm. you know, like friends and family of of maybe it's someone who has kiddos a little older than you and you ask them questions. Um, the more I open up, you know, you talked hey, I'm taking my kiddo to therapy, you open the door to that and then people are going to share something about them. Or, hey, I started anxiety medicine. Oh, (laughs) you know, like every time you open a door, you're inviting someone to disclose themselves. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like, you know, if we can say, hey, do you have a therapist that you recommend? Just like we say, hey, do you have a dentist that you can recommend? Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to, be at a better place for both connecting to services and feeling more connected mm-hmm. as as a community and normalizing uh, that. that conversation yes yes mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so I think just whoever those trusted people whether professionals or not mm-hmm. you know of of say it to one person say it to one person mm-hmm. um then say it to the next person if you're not I, I mean I had the experience with the pediatrician where it, again, she wasn't putting up barriers, but she also wasn't opening doors. Mm -hmm. You know, it's great to say, oh, that could be normal. But it's Mm -hmm. also I was ready to take the next step. Mm -hmm. Um, So it goes back to trust your gut and Mm -hmm. um, open your mouth. And when you say something to one person, Mm -hmm. then in turn, you realize that you are not alone and there is hope. Yeah. Yes. Because I'm betting there were a lot of times yeah. you felt very, very alone. Yeah. Until you talked to somebody. Absolutely. And again, every single person I open up to, mm-hmm. you know, give that little nugget. Um, it opens a door. It's an mm-hmm. invitation mm-hmm. Uh, to open the door to that conversation. So I don't care if it's, you know, someone at your kiddo's school, whether that works there or a parent, uh, you know, it could be at a um, kid party that you're like, oh, man, I'm, str-, you know, mm-hmm. watching these kids. I'm struggling right now with parenting. And you say that to a parent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Throw <laughs> open the door. What they're not going to say is, oh, I got it all together. <laughs> I'm sorry for you, but my life is perfect. (laughs) I I mean, if yeah, try that line sometime. Mm -hmm. I'm struggling with parenting, Mm. and see how the conversation Mm. flows. And I bet you, you're gonna find a connection, whether you like the person on the other side or not. Right. And I think what you said was so beautiful about it's an invitation. Yeah. And I look back to when when Will was struggling, and it took me a while to, to. tell anybody right and again number one I was hurting myself because I was an island unto myself but number two I was denying another person an opportunity Mm. to share oh my gosh (laughs) so there's that that's interesting both sides the both and 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 absolutely every person and particularly with when Will went public with his story. Yeah. I mean, the that, floodgates. Right. Just that was a big open door, huh? So I, I love that. Just 
one person. Just yeah. tell one person. Well, and see, and there's a safety thing, right? Mm-hmm. There's a, how do I feel about this? Mm-hmm. As I told you, who else does this impact? Mm-hmm. You know, how does this mm-hmm. impact my husband, mm-hmm. my kiddo? Mm-hmm. What what do they want to share now versus how will they feel about mm-hmm. that 10 years from mm-hmm. now? Um, but open it up to one person. Mm-hmm. See how that feels. If that feels good, open it up to another mm-hmm. person. You know, use your voice and see. And then as that becomes a positive experience. Um, so I shared with my son he saw the benefits of opening up. He saw that people understood a little bit more or were more, um, had more grace with Mm -hmm. him. And then he could find his people, Mm -hmm. you know, whether adults at the school, he could, the people that understood, he found his people, the kids, he found his people. Mm -hmm. Um, And then with me, you know, whether it's Friends that I've had forever and we have conversations about our own mental health or her kid of what we're experiencing. You know, I go back to that. I'm struggling as a parent right now. Mm-hmm. Their struggles might look different, mm-hmm. but I bet they have a story. <laughs> I bet they have a story. <laughs> that is very good. Shanna Burgess. Yeah. I really appreciate you being on this yeah. episode of Just a Mom. Yeah, absolutely. And sharing your story yeah. of uh, parenting a child with mental health struggles and the interesting part of how you have bridged that um, that chasm of being a professional in the mental mm. health world and then having a child. So thank yeah. you so much for yeah. sharing Thanks for with us today. If you or someone you know is struggling with suicidal thoughts or ideation, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 988. Once you smile again, take away that pain and the clouds that keep covering up the sun. I want to see you smile again, take away that pain and the clouds that keep covering up the sun. If you found this podcast helpful, please subscribe and leave a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, please share this with your friends and anyone you think may find these interviews helpful. Thanks again for listening to Just a Mom.